Yeah, you want to talk about what you need to add into your cost? Start adding into your cost how much money you spend every day on junk at the convenience store that you could have paid for at the grocery store for a tenth as much. A tenth. Welcome to BizBuild Podcast, presented to you by the good folks here at Diamondback Tool Company. I'm the host of the show, Damani, head of sales and media for Diamondback Tool Belts. Follow me at Diamondback underscore Damani, that's D-A-M-A-N-I on Instagram. I'm here, as I will be on every episode, with Connor Crook, CEO of Diamondback Tool Belts. Follow him on Instagram at Diamondback.ToolBelts. The purpose of BizBuild is to provide listeners an inside track on what it takes to build a business. It is our hope that you can learn from our successes and pitfalls and siphon knowledge from our various expertise so that you can get an edge in the business of building something great. First idea in increasing your profitability, see if you can lower your cost. Hmm. It sounds to me um, even more... Even more, what you're trying to do is figure out how to sometimes even pass the buck, too, uh, so that you're doing, whereas maybe at the start, you're doing all these things that you're not actually getting paid for doing, right? Um, you're trying to move some of that work over into other areas. For instance, if you're doing ordering, then you get to turn a key solution with your manufacturers. Where So now you're no longer spending your time calling up people, transferring product. But then on the other and, and then additionally, there's the stocking issue. So that's work for your money lost too, so that you're bringing... You don't want to be carrying a whole bunch of things that you haven't sold yet. So then you're also moving that sort of onus onto somebody else. And you're sort of freeing your plate up so that more the you can focus on the work that you're doing that's actually going to generate money for you. Is that a good sort of? That's perfect. Okay. Because what you want to do as the business owner, mm-hmm. the manager, is manage the business, not do the business. Okay. You You don't want to spend your time calling and making sure that this cloth or these this lumber or whatever gets moved from you know gets moved around you just want to say look I just I need it there mm-hmm. let me work out the cost basis let me work out the pricing structure and all that I don't need to actually do this work I don't need to be the guy there nailing it into the wall right and then it becomes a little bit more automatic and I've, and, and I imagine that the reward that you get from the work that you do, and I'm not talking about just the monetary reward, I'm talking about the emotional, the mental reward that you get from the work that you then do becomes uh, greater because you know that the work that you are doing is directly benefiting you and your company. The, the, the thing we're trying to get to is I don't build tool belts. Mm-hmm. I build a business that builds tool belts. If you're listening to this podcast, you are trying to get from building a house Mm -hmm. to building a business that builds houses. Right. And and Using your expertise. Well, you're stepping out of the role of carpenter, electrician, plumber, whatever, and being a manager. Right. And that's a totally different role. Mm -hmm. It requires a different skill set. And at the end of the day, you hope that you are now building something that you know, we've we've talked about this, I think, on this show before. It's like when when I finished practicing law, it was a personal services business. And I'm done. Close the door. Bye. See ya. Mm-hmm. 
at the end of the day, if I decide one day, you know what, I'm tired of running Diamondback tool belts, I want to sell it, I'm not going to just close the door. I've got, I've, I'm building this business that then is a in itself an asset. Right. And, and that's what we want. And someone else can take it over. The mechanisms are all in place. The operations are in place. Right. If you want to, right. So if you, you could sell it, basically, and then everything is just, a, a, it's a finely tuned machine. And you can do that in any business, in a construction business. You know, I, I was talking to one of our customers, and he's like, man, I have a manual. And as we improve our processes for everything, I improve that manual so that when I hire somebody new, I can say, okay, I need you to do one step of this process. Mm-hmm. And a particular one was uh, trimming out doors. He's like, you know, I got four guys on the crew, and each one does a separate step. Mm-hmm. They don't. I don't have one guy do the full door. I have one guy... All I need you to do is go around and clean up the drywall around every door opening in this house. Mm-hmm. Anybody can do that. Yeah. Right. Just do it. Yeah, that's your low-level wage worker, right. your intern. Right. And then the next guy comes along, and he's the one who starts setting the door frame. And the next guy comes in and puts in the casing. And then the last guy, the most skilled guy, comes in and makes sure it's all right. Mm-hmm. So everybody has touched every door frame in the house. Mm-hmm. And everybody has a, a step where they can learn in the system. Low guy, you just do this everywhere. And hey, in a couple of in a couple of months, mm-hmm. you can come by and be the number two guy that does that other thing. Right, but, right, right. You know, it's building that process. So then, with that business, at the end of the day, it's not just a collection of people doing work. It's a business with a collection of processes mm-hmm. that is then valuable in itself. And within those processes, there is accountability, too, because you know every step of the way who was doing what. And so if there's an error, you can go back down the line and be like, oh, that was the door casing guy. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? (coughs) You're fired. (laughs) We'll find somebody else who can do this. Or, you know, we'll start start with, we'll we'll train you a little differently. But, again, the idea is let's try to create some intellectual property, mm-hmm. some processes, some connections, some relationships, all of this, so that down the road, if you are running your plumbing business, mm-hmm. you've now got some equipment, you've now got your processes in place, you have your connections, you have your suppliers and all of this, and now when your number two guy comes along and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in working and growing and being a part of this business. You can say, you know what, I'm going to make you a partner in this business at 20% or whatever. Give that guy the incentive to keep growing with your business. So then in five more years, you can say, hey, son, it's all yours now. I need mm-hmm. you to buy out the rest of my section of this <laughs> right. business because you now know everything and we have all this process in place. Mm-hmm. And you're going to Tahiti. Go wherever you want to. Hmm. So in this 80-20 rule, yep. we start with 80% of your profit comes from 20% of your work. The converse of that is 80% of your work equals 20% of your profit. That's right. That's, that's the part that hurts. That's the part that hurts. Could you elaborate on that a little bit more? So you got this big chunk of your of your work that's not doing, not making a profit for you. Mm-hmm. Same analysis in reverse, what we did before. Mm-hmm. That you know, uh, you and I were talking earlier today. There, there's certain products here at Diamondback we just got rid of. Yeah, so nobody's. You know, we're not making any money there. There's not a lot of demand there. Let's just get rid of it. Right. There are other parts of the matrix of things that you do in your business 
that we do in our business here where it's sort of like, you know, we don't sell a lot of those. We don't do a lot of the, that. We don't make a lot of money on that. But there's another reason to have that. Mm, yes. The popcorn rule. Remember when we were talking about when you go you go to the movies, ah, yeah. right? The 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 movie draws people in, but the money comes from the popcorn and the candy. Right, yeah. right, and and you know um, some businesses are set up such that they give you know um, the whole idea with iTunes is you're paying for you have either the platform or the software you pay for one but not the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know there in the movie scenario is you pay you pay a little bit for a lot for the ticket but you pay a whole lot for the popcorn <laughs> right you know that's where that's where their money center is same thing yeah. with a, a convenience store mm-hmm. they don't make money selling gas mm-hmm. they make money selling the 32 ounce big gulp that cost them five cents and cost you five dollars yes. that's where they make the money mm-hmm. so remember when you're getting ready to go to work in the morning mm-hmm. you should have gone to the grocery store the night before make you, got you a leader <laughs> Get you your your six pack of drinks, twelve pack or a liter drink. Mm. Fill up your thermos. Make your bologna sandwich at home because you are just throwing money away when you buy it at the convenience store. Absolutely. Uh, Don't get that twenty four ounce coffee from Seven Eleven. Yeah, you want to talk about what you need to (laughs) add into your cost? Start adding into your cost how much money you spend every day on junk at the convenience store that you could have paid for at the grocery store for. A tenth as much. A tenth. And that's not even an exaggeration. It's so sad. But so all those things that you're doing that are not profitable, you know, don't just throw them out. Mm -hmm. Make an analysis. Okay. Is there a way I can make these profitable? Mm -hmm. Can I do more of them? Can I lower my costs some way? Uh, Or even if they're not profitable, is there a reason that I'm doing this? Yeah. You know, the thing we talked about here is snap-on handles. We have a lot of people ask us for snap-on handles for their belts. I don't know why you need handles for your belts. Just pick up the belt by the buckle. Some people want handles. I'm not, you know, I'm not judging here. I Some mean, people want I handles. I think it looks pretty cool when people are carrying diamondback belts looking like suitcases. We don't make any money on them. We don't sell a lot of them. Right. But I don't want my customer to put a piece of tie wire on the diamondback tool belt to carry That's it around. Right. That's right. So I'm going to make them a handle. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So all you people talking about them handles, just know we don't make any money on those. We are just trying to make sure your tool belt looks good with those sweet black oxide coated snap-on handles. And daggummit, they look good. And, so, the, and the squishy webbing, this mm-hmm. like tubular webbing with the cushy really on nice. the inside. Post more pictures of those on Instagram for us, why don't you? Because <laughs> we want to sell more of that low-profit item. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Um, So we talked about specialization, um, trying to become more efficient with the high profit stuff. Um, Another point that you made was uh, not here actually on the podcast yet, but prior to this is sort of avoiding complexity. Right. All right. So elaborate on that a little bit. So avoiding complexity means, you know, if you if you have a. If you have a product, which which obviously we have products, um, a lot of you are selling services rather than a product, but in you want to make it so that it's simple. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be doing 10 different things that are very similar to each other. From a perspective of a product company or a retail store, 
You're tuned in to the Biz Build Podcast. I'm Damani. And I'm Connor Crook. You don't need to have 10 brands on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the chapters in, in that book that we mentioned earlier, the, the Jonathan Burns book, they were talking about this one store, I forgot, it was salt and pepper shakers. Okay. And they weren't selling a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So they started bringing more brands in. <laughs> but they didn't sell anymore. Right. But then they just decided, let's pick the ones that we do sell, mm-hmm. and let's pick three that are very different, yeah, and put them on the shelf in a better way. And then they started selling them. Mm, I see. So, the problem you can have when you have too many products, especially if you're if you're a retail store, if you're making products, is if you have too many products, it leads to confusion. People get that deer in the headlights look of, oh my god, I don't want to make the wrong choice. This one is so much like this one. Which one to go with? Mm-hmm which is why here at Diamondback, we are reducing in some ways the number of products we offer, but at the same time, we're making the, the ones we keep more different. Or differentiating, right. Uh huh. Because you and I both talk to people all the time, I've been looking at your website for six months, hadn't figured out what to buy. Right. We want to help you know what to buy quicker. Right. So think about that in your business. How can you uh, say you are... Um, going to the homeowner's house and they're going to be picking out tile. And so you're going to take them some samples and you want them to be able to pick which tile to, to put in their kitchen. Mm-hmm. Their custom kitchen that they're going to love for at least a year. Right. <laughs> when you take them to samples, don't take 10 that are all almost the same because mm-hmm. you're never going to get, look the, at all these blues. You're never going to get the final okay to get the job done. Right, right. Go in with a blue, a purple, and a green. Mm-hmm. And maybe three tile shapes. Right. And then just say, look, mm-hmm. pick one of these. Yeah. Pick a I, shape, pick a color. I'm going to make it easy for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so make that choice easier. That's going to speed up the timeline of that job actually going mm-hmm. on. You're going to help them. You're not going to. And that's hard to do because if you're a person that works in tile, you know all the options out there. And so you're in your mind, you're like, man, there's all these cool things that I could do. But you, But as a business person, you don't put all those options on the table for the consumer because you, it just confuses them. They're not in your world. What you are doing is you should take that expertise that you have, mm-hmm. your knowledge of the customer, mm-hmm. put that together to say, you know what? I can choose three options and this customer is going to easily, what I know about the product, what I know about the customer, mm-hmm. I bet I can bring three options to the table mm-hmm. and that they will easily be able to pick one that they're going to be happy with. Yeah. Yeah. That's where your expertise comes in. Right. Not your expertise is like, well, I have, I know 50 different suppliers, so I'm going to bring all of this stuff, and you'll never be able to figure out what you want. <laughs> right. So that's reducing that complexity. And also raises your value to the consumer. It raises your value. You're, you're an expert. Now. You're an expert. And you, your suggestions work out well. So maybe the next person, they say, hey, man, you need to call Connor on the tile situation because he made the process so easy. Right. The other thing about a complexity situation from that retail situation we talked about is if you're running a retail store and you want to have 10 different things in your store, mm-hmm. you never know which one's going to really sell until you've tried it for a while. Yeah. And then even then you get surprises. So you, instead of having three things and having 50 of each, now you have 10 things and 50 of each. And that's... Money that has now become salt and pepper shakers <laughs> that you cannot take to the grocery store to buy your kids food. Right. 
It's salt and pepper shaker. Because it's salt and pepper shaker. Ain't nobody trading you no food for a salt and pepper shaker. So you want to reduce that number of options because when you have more options, that's more inventory you have to have on the shelf, and that's more money that's tied up in that inventory that may or may not be moving. It's crazy. On a, on a very basic level, there's a 7-Eleven right around the corner from my house, and I'm not a big sugar consumer, but when I get the, the craving, I got to have my sugar. And one of my favorite things to do is drink a soda. And I'll go to my 7-Eleven about once a week, and I love orange or grape soda. Goes back to my childhood. It's a nostalgia thing. And every time I go into 7-Eleven, I go to the soda section, and I see orange Fanta, and I see orange Sunkist, and I just stare at it. And I'm like, dang it. I don't know which one I need to pick. And it's so basic, it's so simple, and eventually I'm just like, ah, I, I think I eventually always pick the Fanta. But if there was just a Sunkist there, that'd be the only soda I picked up. And you still buy it. And I'd still buy it because I just want an orange soda. It didn't matter whether it was orange Fanta or orange Sunkiss. Now you see. But that, that store has taken the time now to stock those things, and that's, mm -hmm. that's money that's tied up. Yeah. You know, then just think if they added Orangina and, and orange, yeah. what else? Oh, orange, yeah. what else? Orange, what else? Orange, knee high, orange, like, whatever, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had to take it back, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it, dude, I'd be so confused, and that's basically the other place where I have like you know deer in the headlights is when I'm in the cereal aisle of a grocery store, and I'm like, how many rice cereals can there possibly be in this world? How how many different ways can you puff rice? Like it blows my mind, and I go in there, and I've actually had employees in a grocery store like walk up to me like sir are you okay because I'm standing there just like staring at the cereal I was a little bit of drool with a little drool like I don't know which one did you go back to the Simpsons episode ketchup cats up ketchup anyways alright so that's like season four but anyways this is very important so simplifying avoiding complexity we want to differentiate we want to streamline Right? We want to increase our profitability in areas of high revenue right? and increase the volume of high profit areas. Right. One of the things we didn't talk about when we were back talking about, you know, we talked a lot about cutting costs. Mm -hmm. And mainly we were talking about cutting costs of raw materials. Yeah. There's two pieces to the cost equation. Mm -hmm. There's the material mm -hmm. and there's the labor. Hmm. So, how do you cut costs on labor? Well, one, I can lower your salary. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> Another way I can call, <laughs> cut cost on labor is cut the amount of time that goes into something. Mm. And so that goes back to, you know, if you are doing the same type of work over and over again, sometimes you just kind of have to take that step back and say, wait a minute, there's a smarter way to do this. Mm -hmm. And when you're go, 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 and so hard, it's like it's hard to stop. And, you, you know, this is the way I've done it. This is the way I do it. I'm going, I'm going. It's like sometimes you just kind of say, wait a minute. If, if I were to take a couple hours and just think about this process, mm, mm -hmm. at volume, I could probably do it differently than I have always done it individually. Right. And of course, I'm gonna. It's gonna take me a couple hours to figure that out. Mm -hmm. But the return on that is gonna be over the long term. My labor cost goes down. Right. If I do, like, if I do, I know I do this one particular job five days a week. Maybe I spend one of those days doing prep work for the other four days, and then I just have everything that I need. 
and I'm doing more jobs in those four days than I did in, the, in those five days when I had to do everything step by step by step by step by step individually. I just had all my stuff prepped and it's in my truck and I'm ready to go. That's one way. Mm -hmm. There's another way. Let's go back there, my buddy Andy and, and trimming outdoors. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Andy. Why is my most skilled tradesman mm -hmm. cleaning up the sheetrock on the door opening? Why, Andy? Why? So instead of having one guy do this door and a different guy do this door, mm -hmm. let's maximize that skill set. Let's say, okay, new guy, I'm paying you X, you do the simple stuff. More experienced guy, I'm paying you 2X, I need you doing something that uses 2X a brain. Mm, mm -hmm. Oldest, most experienced guy, I'm paying you 3X, you need to be doing the final work that oversees all these other guys. So once you start, again, when you're a one-person guy shop, you can't do that. Two-person, right. you really can't do that. But once you start hitting scale and mm. you start thinking, okay, I got a bigger crew, how can I put least experienced person doing the work that matches that level of experience. That way, then I can lower my overall labor cost. And also, <clears throat> that's good personnel management. It helps the people that are working for you feel valuable, right? So the person that has less skill doesn't feel inadequate because they're being asked to do something that's beyond what they're capable of. And they have a goal of where they what they can attain. And, and they have a goal of where, where, what they can attain. You and then see, the person who's this week, I'm washing lettuce. <laughs> Next, I'll be on the grill. And that's when the big money Buddy. starts rolling in. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you, Ferris Bueller. All right. And then... You know, and then the person that is more skilled that's going to do two times the mental work is now feeling appreciated right. for their expertise and their ability to problem solve. And the older person is who's overseeing is like, yeah, I put 30 years in. I deserve to be in this position. So there is um, that stratification of labor. And then another piece is going to be scheduling. Mm. Scheduling is a huge way to save on labor costs. Um, one of the things we do here at Diamondback is we've started breaking it down. It's very difficult to forecast with the speed that we've been growing, but we're still trying to forecast so that I can say to one of my manufacturers, I'm going to need this many belts next month. Mm -hmm. So that way you already, as the manufacturer, the manufacturer can say, okay, I'm going to need to set this many people aside to make belts for Diamondback. It's going to take them this much time. And so... And, and it helps me at Diamondback because now I know I'm going to have those belts and I'm not going to have to call at the three-fourths of the way through the month saying, oh, my God, I need more. Because you, the manufacturer, you're going to feel like, oh, I got to pull my people off this other project to go to work on the Diamondback belts again, mm -hmm. which means I got to move materials around and move people around. I'm going to lose time mm -hmm. moving stuff around to get back on that job. Mm -hmm. So the better you can forecast your needs, you can schedule those jobs out. That's going to make, make it less... Here's the typical, this is, this is seeing this with contractors. Mm -hmm. You're the contractor. You're at one job in the morning working with your two guys there. Mm -hmm. Then you have to fly across town to go to that other job to meet somebody. Mm -hmm. Then you, that person's running a little bit late. So you still sit, you sit, you sit, you sit. They get there, you meet with them. Mm -hmm. Then you, you missed a meeting over here, so you got to reschedule that meeting. Then you finally, at the end of the day, get back to where your two guys are. They've been trying to call you all day while they were in meetings, and they ain't got nothing done because they had a question. Wow. You just lost a half a day. Right. 
well, you lost your day, your time, mm-hmm. and the guys who weren't getting anything done because they didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And, and so the better you can schedule things out so that you know where your people are going to be and what their needs are going to be, and you've got that forecast, then you're not chasing your tail. This is all about not finding ways to not chase your tail, to work smarter, not harder. At Bingo. The end of the day. Bingo. Yeah, I like that little catch catchphrase, quote unquote. Save material costs, save labor costs, lower the bottom line. That way you don't have to raise prices, which is going to run your customers away and aggravate them if you can possibly do it on the bottom half of the, of the balance sheet, which is where your costs are. That's going to make people happier. Bottom line, be more efficient, increase profitability, increase production. Well, increase production, increase profitability. Everyone is happier at the end of the day. You and the people that you're working for. I hope so. And the people working for you. That's the 80-20 rule. Stay tuned for the BizBuild podcast. We are coming very close to the end of season one. Um, That'll be the end of 2019. That's when Damani gets killed. And season two is going to (laughs) be us trying to figure out who did it. Oh. No, season two is when I come back to life and you're like, whoa, he's spot. With devil eyes. <laughs> uh, well, getting close to the end of season one, uh, that we will resolve this all. And then after the Christmas break, we will come back with new episodes of season two. Um, don't go anywhere. Stick with us. This thing is growing just as you're growing in your business and we want to help you grow too. I'm dying back to money. Follow me on Instagram, Diamondback underscore Damani. And this is CEO of Diamondback, Connor Crook. Don't you get it? He's not coming back. (laughs) Be good to yourself and not be good to somebody. We're out of here. You've just been listening to the Biz Build Podcast. I'm your host, Damani. Follow me on Instagram at Diamondback underscore Damani. That's D-A-M-A-N-I. Or follow Connor on Instagram at diamondback.toolbelts. You can also find more about Diamondback by visiting our YouTube page or Facebook page. Hope you enjoyed what you heard here today, and we look forward to you joining us again on our next episodes. Take care. Don't forget to like and subscribe.